Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Busy Thursday, final hour. It's the fabulous fifth hour of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. On a Thursday, that'll mean uh, a football conversation with Vandergriff head football coach Drew Sanders coming up in about 20 minutes. Vandergriff Love Vipers. talking to coach, man. And you can't accuse us of being front runners because we've talked to coach all year, but that's one of the best teams in the state right there, my friends. Yes, it is. About they are 7-0 and and have outscored their opponents by 258 points. That's pretty good. 302 that's... to 60. Yeah. They, and they really, have played a pretty decent schedule to this point. They I beat say, have they been tested? Uh, early in the year, they beat Dripping Springs. That's probably the best team. Cedar Park, they beat Mid- Waco Midway. So they haven't really been in the fourth quarter game. They have not. They oh, yeah. them. They'll be tested soon. They uh, left on their schedule, Cedar Ridge, Vista Ridge, and Round Rock Westwood. I'm talking uh, playoffs. Playoffs. Well, I guess say, well, that's playoffs. Everybody gets tested in the playoffs. That's when you play the best teams. And then they would likely play their Lake Travis or Westlake. Well, come playoff the last game. time Vandergriff played Westlake in the playoffs, they lost seventy to nothing Ooh. in the quarterfinals. So okay. this is a better team Go than Chefs. that was. Don't you say that to Drew Sanders? Exactly. <laughs> bring the coach nice. out. You drop that little nugget out there. Like you do with the, the, all of a sudden your yeah. Rangers or your team who you gave up on and you're popping I've, off in there. I, See what coach got to say about that. My I bleed red and blue. Yeah, finally. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I, I'll admit that. I'll know, you I mean, everybody heard it. You gave up on your team. You quit rooting for your team. It you was gave football. up on the Rangers. It was the first week of football. Uh-huh, Come uh-huh. on. And your team was in a slump, and you you showed your fair weatherness. No, I've and now you're been back on the Rangers all year. I had a moment of of weakness, and I'm back. Stretch. He's back. Stretch. Baby. More He's than a back. moment. More than a moment. Astros Rangers tonight, part of a doubleheader of Major League Baseball. Astros, as I told you, Rod, don't wave the white flag, man. These Astros are resilient. They'll be fine. Um, good to see Jose Altuve get going. Do you realize Jose Altuve? How about this for his career, Rod? Uh, this is Give pretty. This is a pretty. I know you're a big fact guy, stat guy. This guy's a big time performer. How about in the playoffs, Rod? In the regular season, Jose Altuve averages a home run every 32 at bats. In yeah, the postseason, it's one every 18. He cuts it in half. He had another home run last night, a solo shot in the fourth inning. Uh, really, the as we said earlier, the the unlikely hero of Martin Maldonado. Because we know Max Scherzer was not sharp last night, uh, making his first start in five weeks. Uh, he walked in the second inning after getting through the first inning pretty unscathed. He walked uh, Jordan Alvarez, then he hit a batter, uh, he loaded the bases, and then he had a wild pitch, which scored a run right to hit mm-hmm. Jonah Heim in the catcher's uh, shin guard. Kareem caromed off. He spiked a, a slider. And uh, that ended up with a run. But you know, you're at the bottom of the order. Martin Maldonado's up. You have a chance to get out of this. Gets given up one run. And as we said earlier, in all of baseball, no one is worse statistically at hitting a fastball, a four-seam fastball. Martin. So he threw him a four-seam fastball, and Maldonado ripped it through the left side uh, right past Josh Young. Scouting report. Scored two runs. Scouting report lied to me, man. That was a huge two-out hit. I mean, massive. Astro fans were like, oh, my gosh, Martin. Because remember, in game uh, two in Houston, the Astros loaded the bases. Martin Maldonado was up, and... uh, Dusty Baker did what a lot of Astro fans wanted to do, and he he pinch hit Yiner Diaz, and Yiner Diaz came up and struck out. Mm-hmm. So it was Martin Maldonado coming back, getting the big knock, uh, that put the Astros in front for the first time in the series. The first time they played with a lead, and they uh, kept the lead the rest of the way. Christian Javier, uh, El Reptil, what does he call El Reptil? El Reptil, the crocodile. That's a damn good nickname. The crocodile. That's really cool. I don't think he dripped one drop of sweat last night. He's cool, man. He is a cool customer. Ice, ice water. In well, his that's veins. why that, that, you know he said that's why that's his nickname. 
uh, because oh, it, because it cold. Oh, interesting. Cold, cold blooded. I didn't know that. Interesting. Well, not cold blooded. He says crocodiles they look really calm, but when you get when they get you underwater, oh, they well, get aggressive. You know, well, what, what you can't with... see below the water is when you oh. see. See, well, that's more complicated. You want the cold blooded thing? It's way easier, <laughs> right? I mean, it's fair too. Right? They mentioned that too. Did they? I was like, yeah. The, the Martin the, Maldonado. They also said that he said that uh, the only way to shake. Um, Christian Javier is to walk up to him and punch him in the face. And they said that might not even face him. And you, you know what? He's sit there and stare you down. It's pretty yeah. amazing, too, because he's 26 years old, but he looks older than that, right? He's got an old look. He's got an old look to him. Mm, old soul. And the Astros have already signed him to a long term deal. But, man, he is a big game. This will be, if Jose Altuve is a post game player, um, postseason player, uh, so is Christian Javier. His opponent's batting average against him in the postseason in his career, point seventy one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. With that riding fastball. He wasn't great during the regular season. He works really slow. He's got him a deliberate guy that kind of wears even his own teammates. Like, come on, come on. Even with the pitch clock, he's slow. Uh, but he was great last night in a big spot. Rangers, they're fine. I mean, they're they're still up two. They got the two games in hand, uh, or at least, at least one game now. But uh, tonight becomes a really critical critical game here. This is uh, you you gave the numbers earlier of, of Astros career batting average against Andrew Heaney. Yes, yeah, unbelievable. And Houston typically hits left-handed pitching at a really high rate, one of the best in baseball. Now they didn't hit Jordan Montgomery in game one, and because he was really spotting and, and pitching great, kept the Astros off balance. Um, but we'll see if Andrew Heaney can do the same. Astros trying to get that. They will send Jose Urquidy, who, you know, that's, that's the depth of the Astros staff. Urquidy's made many a postseason start and made good ones, uh, including he closed out the Twin Series. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's been here many times. So this is a, a, you know, the experience of the Astros could show. The other thing, as I mentioned earlier, Rod, that, that shows me as an Astro fan is encouraging is that uh, Kyle Tucker had a good night. Remember, they moved him down in the lineup. Yeah, he talked about that. He admitted that he was, you know, he he said he felt fine. He's just, he just swings not there. He said, I'm just not. And so Dusty moved Michael Brantley up to the two-hole and slid Kyle Tucker down to take a little pressure off him. And if you watch, he had two walk, two at-bats where he took a lot of pitches and walked. And then he ended up the, at the, in the last inning when it was still pretty much decided. He ripped a double. Uh, he went two for two on the night with a couple of walks. If they get Kyle Tucker going... Uh, along with what Jordan Alvarez is doing, look out. I mean, the Astros can g- get right back in this series. And I still, I, even after they're down 2 nothing, right? I said, I believe it'll be a long series. You did say that. And I still believe it's going six or seven games. Um, well, uh, Ty's hoping it goes at least six because he's, he's, going, he's going to game six. <laughs> so. How'd you come up with it? You said you got a buddy that has a ticket a buddy, or something man. and no, no charge? He lives with his parents in Houston and doesn't have a job and said that his dad bought tickets and that they offered them to me. And I was like, all right, hell yeah, we'll get on there. See? One of your highly successful friends. Yeah. The- <laughs> hey, that's the, only, <laughs> that, that's the only kind to have. He's my mm-hmm. he's my Xbox friend. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my guy on 2K. Your ex what? Xbox. My, on NBA 2K? Xbox. Oh, oh yeah. We, mm-hmm. we run it in Does he 2K. live in the basement? No, I think he just <laughs> no, has a room. And- if he's highly successful, no, can't be. Smoking, smoking well, he, that herb and playing video games. Okay, well then I take it back. <laughs> he's your age. Maybe not he smokes a lot of herb, plays video games, lives with his parents, and doesn't have a job. Is a gamer yeah. for pro- professional gamer? No. Oh, he's he's more recreational. See, these days you can do both of those professionally. That's you can awesome. smoke weed professionally and be a game professionally, and you want to do them for free? I need a Come side on, hustle. Man. I need a side hustle, and I need to get good at video games. That's what I'm so you can make some serious. You just got to be a little funny. Yeah. You know? like, it's not that hard. Well, and there are leagues now where you can join gamer oh, yeah. leagues, and they Is would like, right? draft you and stuff like e-sports? that. Esports? You and, can bet on esports. Yeah, and you can go somewhere where weed is recreationally legal. 
And you can get a job in the weed industry if you just want to smoke weed that bad. And you actually, they have people that literally, that, 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 they, they sample the marijuana. That's their job. I'm not making this up. <laughs> in, in, in places where it's legal and you have some uh, cannabis uh, company of some kind, they have people that work on payroll to sample the product. I like, oh. I like that job. You got to say, if you really want to be into marijuana, he says, and be a weed head, there's no need for you to do it for free in your mom's basement. Or whatever the hell it is, right? You can go do that, go somewhere now, and you can actually get a real good, high-paying job in that industry. Because, right, it's one of the fastest-growing industries in America. Hey, I'll, I'll clip this and send it to him. Some I'm inspiration. You, <laughs> you, I know friends who have left Texas to go work in the well, marijuana industry th- in Colorado. This was a friend. And they're killing it right now. Who was also on UT campus and never went to UT, but he was actually in a fraternity. What? How does that happen? And he lived on campus for and five years. And this is the guy getting you a ticket to the Astros game yes. against the Rangers. You can in game do six. that. You can you can just join a fraternity without join like old school. You're like, at ACC. Like you're going to ACC uh, with plans to transfer in. I got and they you. They let a few kids, you know. I got gotcha. you. Get in like exceptions. So. Does he have like a time limit from his parents on how long he can live there? Because I certainly <laughs> would. I, I, <laughs> I don't see. Think so. You see, E's kids had a time limit there. He's like, all right, kids, just so y'all know, y'all got to this age oh, and you got to get the hell out or you, be working. You, you guys know Nolan coming out of COVID, and he he got he got screwed up with going to going off to school coming out of COVID, because uh, he graduated right before it, and uh, either what he was living at the house, Rod, and he got to a point where he tried to tell me he was going to watch all the Sopranos episodes, <laughs> and I was like, "You are like all seven seasons? That's your plan? <laughs> yeah, that ain't working. Uh, we had a we had a we had a sit down, Rod. Have got a man to man, huh? That man to man. Oh yeah. I, I think I might. Yeah. My dad not, would make me live under a bridge before he'd let me come live back in this house. No, he said that's not even an option. I was fine with him living there, and he was. But you, you know, got to be working. You're working. Got to be working. Two, doing two, something. Two things. He got a dog, and then he told me he's going to watch The Sopranos, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Hey, Listen, buddy. I'm pretty comfortable here. I love you, my man. Okay. Get a little too comfortable here. We need to put a nip this in the bud right about now. Yeah, my parents believe it kind of like Ty's parents that that basically the more uncomfortable I make you at home, the more you want to get the hell out of here and not want to live with us. Right. I, I'm pretty that's sure right. that's what my parents did to suddenly annoy me to the point. Because I remember when I got done, when I got done with the league, I remember when I came back home and asked my dad. I was like, Dad, I'm done playing football. I think it's over. And he's like, Oh yeah, nice. I was like, So wait, what should I do? He's like, Go get a job. <laughs> Go get that a was job. like literally his advice. I was like, oh, the emotional, sentimental stuff. I was like, Dad, so what should I do, man? I'm thinking about what I'm do with the rest of my life. He's like, get a job. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so every time I complain about money to my dad, he's like, well, when I was your age, I had you and two jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tough it, like, go get tough another job. Tough yeah, there's no sympathy, but I was like, Side get hustle. a job. And I was like, okay. So I got, I went and got two jobs. I actually went and got two jobs. And then I went back to school because in the meantime, before school started, before I enrolled, I needed to do something. And I didn't want to spend all my damn money, so I went and got a couple of jobs. It was actually pretty yeah. good. Dad was right. Yeah, and my, my son I, came out of He did great. He's doing great now. Yeah, which, just need, uh, you just need a purpose. You need a purpose. Yeah. Kids be waking up every day with a purpose. And I will confirm, as, it, as against it, that the dog has been good for him. He loves that dog. That dog uh, is like his soul the best, That's Getting dogs is probably the best thing that I ever did for myself. Well, yeah. You got to be responsible. You got to yeah. You got to be unselfish. Because I, I used to never come home. Again, yeah, you got to look out for something. Like that. That's a good point. Yeah, you got to be unselfish. I, did, I just didn't get it. I'm like, because I, I still don't understand kids his age getting their own like animals because i don't get that i mean like you to me you you establish yourself you get a house you get a job and then you get a dog like the dog comes after you've done but that was just me right that's me yeah that's old school <laughs> that's old school me. that's old school man you need I mean, a companion I, but yeah you, but you can't even feed yourself <laughs> yeah straight up I, yeah that, and now you got a dog i would choose to go get a five like a cheap because i always get good dog food but if when i was struggling i would go to the convenience store and pay like i'd have ten dollars in my bank account and just get a, a bag of dog food and i wouldn't eat 
Exactly. But think about how you that's need something to, you need to yes. get something to be uh, bigger selfish. than you, more yeah, important than you're you. You're thinking about something else that actually that. helps you grow as a human being. Think, honestly, that's th- true. Th- think about all the uh, unfortunate homeless people you see. They need companionship, right? That's a really lonely life. So they have a dog. I get it. Like being lonely can really have detrimental effects on your health. No question. Right? And, no question. And put you in a bad mind state, mental health. That's why dogs are, dogs are great for that because dogs are always happy. Dogs are always dogs happy. Dogs love you unconditionally no man, matter how much of an a hole you are. Man's best friend. Yeah. So I, I, get the, I get the dog thing. It shows he's got a big heart. That's what Ty, you got a big heart if you have a dog to take care Nolan of. Nolan has a pet, huge heart. Pets, period. You just have a big heart. I don't believe Ty does, but my son does for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just kidding. I love harder than anyone you know. You love harder than anyone. He loves hard. That's a, that's a good line with the women. I love hard, baby. Love that's hard. what they always tell me. They say I love too hard. <laughs> you that's, love that's, too that's hard. A, that's what a true you, story. But do you smell like a dream? Do you smell like a dream? <laughs> All that's natural. Tracy, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey smells like it. You know what? Travis Kelsey used to have a dating reality show nobody talks about anymore. But I hear You this, told me that I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Catching Kelsey. And now, how about this? Now it's making a resurgence because of the Swifties. The Swifties are doing research and due diligence on Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey had a dating reality show called Catching Kelsey. Yep, I they, had no idea. It was on E. Yeah, they did well, not renew why. the second I don't even season. Know where that channel is. <laughs> you know what E is E? Entertainment. <laughs> I don't. Entertainment, man. Uh, yeah, it was on there. Go. I'm telling you, it Catching Kelsey reality TV show I, back in the day. I think we used to watch that way back when it was there was a show called Talk Soup or something on there. Yes, that was, funny. That was Soup with Joe McHale. Joe McHale. Good a quality but I, program. But, but I think once we, I haven't, I don't even know where the channel is. I don't really don't. My dude, because my it. wife watches it. It used to be the Kardashians used to come on there. Now the Kardashians are on. That makes I think sense. Hulu now, something like that. I really don't. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so for me, I mean, for living, it, I, I I lived, I, I went off to school at 18 and never went home. Never. Um, I I've never been I, home. First summer, to I went live. back for a couple months and then came yeah. right back to school, and that was it. Yeah, but anything that we could love my family it was just I was gone. You went back. I never, to, you I, went back to visit for an extended time. You went back to live. No, you never went back mm-hmm. to live. I, I, yeah, I, weekends. I lived yeah. on a couch for a whole semester, opposed to to going home. Yeah, and I could have. I would no, say, nah. it, it, well, you're an independent. You're independent soul too. You yeah. You prefer well, to try to do it on your own, even though. Sometimes well, you well, my family miserably. was helping me, but I was just like, no, nah, I like the couch. Cool. Big, big reason I did, because remember, I worked at the ranch, that guest ranch in Wyoming, Rod, every summer. So yeah. I, I would leave, I would take my final final at St. Ed's, and we'd get in the truck, and we would, my buddy and I, we would drive to Wyoming. Yellowstone, hours. baby, Yellowstone life. We'd go straight. Yeah. And then we wouldn't come back until the first day of fall, fall classes. How long is that drive? 26 hours. Ooh. 26. You just got to get to Denver and then go north. Mm. Denver North, about eight hours I up. Be- in the- I bet it's beautiful, picturesque, oh, scenic. Yeah, that's an amazing spectacular. Drive. Yeah. And it's um, no easy way to get there, though. That's for sure. But yeah, I would work there for the whole summer, come back, and um, you know, go back to school, and then go back to the ranch and go back to school. Uh, that was really that was my my college years for but sure. But you became independent doing that too, though. Oh, I always told my kids that that's the best thing I ever did. Was, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and the thing about working at the guest ranch, it wasn't it wasn't like I was working horses. I was working with guests, right? It was a People. Oh, yeah, it was guests. I oh, was I not a cowboy. I thought you were doing like 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 hand like a ranch what hand. What about Nunley? Some. Well, that was an exact. That was an accident. I'll tell you about that <laughs> one day. Uh, I was I, <laughs> I was invited to the mating ritual one time. Oh, uh, a couple times. Well, Whoa. Rod, Rod hasn't heard the Nunley story. That's that's for another day. How I don't think up. you've like I've I've heard it, but I don't think uh, that's for you've another ever day. Fully. Hold the up. Story. Hold yeah, up. Another day. I need to hear that one day. One of these days. Okay. But so the the reason it was a good thing for me was because you know there'd be like seventy guests every every week. They'd come Sunday to Sunday, 
And every week you had to learn a whole new group of people. And then you had to, I mean, you'd get a roster of, you know, families and their oh, kids. You and had their to kids entertain. Name. Yeah. You had to, oh. And this is, it's an expensive vacation, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a like And the owners of the ranch were a husband and wife, and they were pretty demanding. I mean, it was like, I don't care if you've had a long summer. This is their vacation, right? Uh, they're coming and spending their money to be here. I gotcha. It doesn't matter if last week was tough or you, you know, whatever. You got to put on a face and you got to put on a. Uh, make sure they have a great time. Uh, it's about, oh, so not got, about you. So it's like service, like basically you're in a service industry then. Too. That's right. Okay. Um, but it was a new that group. It's high class though, like high dollar. Yes. I mean, service. it was all wealthy folks, yeah, I mean, doctors, you, lawyers. Still, it still is. They go out to those ranches like that? Because now Montana's the spot because of Yellowstone. Yeah, it was they, like that. It was the, the same stuff. What was the movie back then that people would compete? It was City Slickers. Remember yeah, City Slickers? Yeah, with Billy Crystal? Yeah. yeah. But, it, but even then, like, we didn't, there was one radio phone on the whole ranch, so you couldn't, there was no information. I yeah. always say that was, when, when the O.J. Simpson thing went down in the early 90s, I had no, I had no idea. That's correct. That wild. that was happening. That's the biggest story in the world, yes. arguably. You, you know I went, on. and I always say, I went, because I drove into town, the little town called Buffalo, Wyoming. I drove down to watch the Rockets game. Because the Rockets were playing the Knicks, and I was a huge sports fan, but I, I, I got through with work that day, and I told the boss, I'm going down to watch the game. And that's when the, when the O.J. Chase yeah, came on. it went picture to picture. Yeah. yeah. And the O.J. Chase came on during game one. I was like, what? Like, I learned everything. So then I went back to the ranch, and I told everybody on the crew, like, hey, do you guys know what's going on? The O.J. Simpson <laughs> killed his wife. And they're like, What? No one knew. Oh, Nobody that's knew. Crazy. That's wild. Yeah, before yeah, you were out there, man. Before the internet, yeah, you're right. That stuff traveled slow. Yeah. News traveled pretty slow. Yeah, my, my mom would send me like week old Houston Chronicles. Like she sent me the Sunday Chronicle so I could keep up with the uh, sports world somewhat. Wow. Yeah, that was that's that was cool. thirty years ago now. But that was a great job, great summer job, and then you know, finished school and never, that's never lived with my parents, Rod. Uh, yeah, I actually, I was at, after I was 18, I never went back to live. I visited for like maybe an extended period, but never it's lived. A, that's that a long. new thing, though. I, I mean, I have a lot of my friends that have really good jobs, and they just... Well, it's you know, because of inflation. Yeah, it's hard to buy a house. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah, I, they couldn't buy a house. I've always told my rent. kids, if, if you want to live yeah. at the house... Well, the highest rent in the state is in Austin, too. I, yeah. yeah. Well, it, trust it, me, I know. It makes fiscal sense to you know, live at home, save money to be able to buy the house instead of paying rent. That makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. If you're working and not playing video games and smoking weed in the basement, I mean, that's not going to work. I would love <laughs> to yeah, be doing that. Yeah. Hey, we will yeah. come back. When we do, uh, we'll, we'll switch gears back to some sports. we got football on the brain. Drew, Drew uh, Sanders is the head football coach of the undefeated and state-ranked Vandergriff Vipers. We've got our weekly visit coming next. Brought to you by Brain Vault. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, man, our show historian, Chris Bennett, on uh, the text line has letting us know that, Rod B., your two interceptions for touchdown, the pick sixes, while at Texas, came against Bobby Pezzavento in 2001 and Nate Hibble at the Cotton Bowl in 2002. The, the Nate Hibble one, yes. Thank you, CB. I should have known that one. Uh, Bobby Pezzavento, I don't know if it was against him. Remember, it was a fake punt. Ooh. So it was like, I think it was a punter. Was he, was he the punter? Or the was he doing back? the whole Danny White punting it was quarterback like, it thing? Was a, it was a, it was a, it was a terrible call. It was a fake punt. We have no idea that was against why. Colorado. Yeah, why the hell did they make that call? It was a fake punt, and I'm thinking to myself, it was one of the worst throws too. I mean, I don't know what that punter was doing. He should have just kept it, and he threw it, and the ball was in the air forever, and I picked it. So it was the punter, I believe, against Colorado that threw it. And by so, the way, that's shot to Pesavento. That's on the heels of our 
hearing J.J. Watt being able to pretty much name off all of his 114 sacks and That's how many remarkable. times he sacked each quarterback. That's remarkable. So they're like my babies. Uh, all right, another high-level football mind is with us now. It's yes, brought sir. to you by Brain Vault and the Brain Vault technology. His Vandegrift Vipers were the Brain Vault technology to, uh, you know, to help be safe and try to uh, uh, avoid as many concussions as possible. He is the head football coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, our friend Drew Sanders. Coach, good morning, 7-0, and feeling pretty good, I have to imagine. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it was a great, great victory on. Uh, I guess it was Thursday night. I was thinking it was Friday night, but Thursday night. Yeah, Round Rock, forty-five to three, mm-hmm. and you talked about uh, they've gotten you a couple of times. That had to feel good to to really, you know, take care of business in that in that number. Yeah, I mean, one of our goals that we set at the beginning of the year was to uh, be district champs, un- undisputed district champs, and they have taken that away from us in in twenty and twenty-one. So it was, you know, we definitely view them as a threat. And it was nice to to get that out of the way. And we know we have some more district games to go, but that was a, definitely a big one. And, and so it put us on the path to, to being district champs again. So we're, we're excited about that. Hey coach, you've been really, really dominant this season. You guys have looked really good. Uh, is this the best Vandergrift team you've had? Man, you know, coaches aren't going to answer that question. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um no, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we definitely are – we have the largest margin of victory we've ever had, so mm-hmm. you could definitely make a case for that. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see at the end of this year. You know, last year just coming off a state a state um, finals run, I mean, it's it's hard to, to judge right now. Um, but, you know, we had all three of our linebackers back, um, and they definitely made a difference. Um, since the Cedar Park game, we haven't had all three starters. And so that was that was really big for us. And then – and then I think just Deuce is just getting better and better, understanding the offense and and uh, doing what he's supposed to do, and and so we're thrilled with him. And we definitely are trending to be a, a really good team. But you know, as you guys know, I mean, you just got to keep keep doing it because all y'all you are is one in six A football. You're one game away, one bad performance away from from losing that momentum you've built. Yep. No question about that. And as you said, the scoring margin is outrageous, 302-60. to 60. Uh, Team has really been on point. And Deuce Adams, your quarterback, continues to play at a very, very high level. Uh, is, is it fair to say, you talk about great players that elevate everybody around them, is it fair to say that, that, that he makes everybody around him on that offense even better, uh, that they know what type of player they have? He's a great leader as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are the intangibles with your quarterback? Yeah, I mean, he's a – you know, if y'all knew him, y'all would immediately like him because he's so humble and, and and very talented. You know, and it's just such a rare combination. And uh, he's so coachable and uh, does a great job. And I think that that's one of the ways he motivates kids around him because they know that he's a talented player. They know he's he's got a big future in college, but yet um, he's very coachable. When he makes a mistake, he owns up to it. And that that right there is such an influence over your team because you know, okay, well, if he's going to be coachable. Well then, I guess I need to be coachable, you know. And so that that's probably one of the the best things, the intangibles, you know, that he brings. Uh, I was watching a play, talking about physically, physically what he can do. I was watching a play where a Round Rock defensive lineman just literally has him dead to rights on a bootleg. He turns around and he sees the guy right in his face, and he literally just takes a couple of steps backwards at a very quick rate and. And the lineman doesn't know what to do, kind of stands there, and then he bursts to his right and just runs away from him. And it was just such a simple move that so many people would have just gotten sacked there. And he just kind of steps straight back. The guy hesitates, then he goes around. It was almost like a basketball kind of move, you know. And so it's uh, it's impressive what he can do. 
Hey, Coach, uh, you've uh, added uh, another uh, impact transfer, a couple. Obviously, Deuce Adams being one of them. Uh, what about Jacob Henry playing the offensive line now? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts about how he's uh, been progressing with the program? Well, first thing that you guys need to know is, is Jacob is um, one of the most into it, coachable guys. Um, I'm telling you, every time I'm talking to the team, he is listening to me and taking in every single thing I'm saying, and it's it's uh, that it's just fun to watch how he truly um, is listening to his coaches and trying everything within his power to do what we ask. So that's the first thing I think about when I think about Jacob. He is extremely strong. We all know that uh, where he got that from, you know. But he's extremely strong. He's just uh, he's a guy that I avoid high fives from and fist bumps because I never know. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. We, we talk about it. he's just he has no idea his own strength so a high five you and it's like one of those things where like oh my gosh I'm not going to shake my hand but I kind of want to because it was that hard of a high five um, but he is he's that strong but he, he really has come along as an offensive lineman you know he's kind of made his money on the defense um, in the past but and he's still a good defensive player we sub him in now we're subbing him in probably five to seven defensive plays a game we're just kind of building him up um, on that but um offensively, he's really figuring out how to keep his feet in the ground. You know, offensive linemen have to keep their feet in the ground, yeah. you know, while defensive linemen are running. And so offensive linemen have to do that. And, and he's figuring out how to stomp. He's figuring out how to move and work together with other guys. And, man, he um, is super athletic, too. So I couldn't be more thrilled with his progression as an offensive lineman. My O-line, Coach Mauser just loves him, too. Um, and he's always staying after to learn and make sure he understands. So, yeah, I've been very impressed with Jacob. Yeah, of course, Mark Henry, good friend of ours, and uh, I'm sure Dad's around sometimes. And uh, talk about you know guys you you take have a handshake with, and they swallow your whole hand. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm assuming uh, as charismatic as Mark is, he's around a little bit too, watching watching practice and being a, a positive influence. Yeah, oh, for sure he is. You know, I think he works a lot. He's always doing his wrestling thing, <laughs> and then with you guys and all that other stuff, and so. Um, but, um, yeah, every time I see him, he's always positive, shaking, shaking my hand and, and just, um, real thankful for us coaching his son and, and, uh, just, uh, yeah, great influence. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No question. Always one of the more positive people. Doesn't know. Never met a stranger, mm-hmm. Mark Henry. Uh, yeah. All right, coach. What about this week? Cedar Ridge, uh, another district game. Uh, they're they're two and five, so struggling. You got to feel feel good, but it's a home game for you guys. And I'm sure it'll be packed house there on uh, the top of twenty two twenty two. Yeah, yeah, we sold out our home tickets in 30 minutes, so we're really excited, always excited about that. Um, Cedar Ridge is a proud program. You guys know. I don't think they've ever missed the playoffs in their history. Um, and so this is kind of uncharted territory for them where they are, and we definitely don't want them to get on track against us. Coach Robinson's a friend of mine. His guys always play hard. His defense um, is is still strong. Offense has, has struggled a bit at times, um, but still have some great players. Uh, but I just, I just know I've played Cedar Ridge so much that I know – um, to respect them and be prepared. And so we'll definitely be prepared for because they're going to bring their A game and uh, they're a proud program, so we'll be ready for it. 
Looking forward to it. Coach, uh, we'll have the game right here on the horn tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. You guys will play Cedar Ridge, part of a, a Friday night football weekend. And it's getting closer and closer to the month of November, which means playoffs around the corner. we got to handle mm-hmm. your business week to week. Coach, best of luck. Uh, we'll talk next week. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Coach. Drew Sanders. There you go. It's brought to you by Brain Vault and the Brain Vault Technology. As we tell you, his team wears that Brain Vault Technology. We're fitted for it. Rod, you and I are going to get fitted for the Brain Vaults tomorrow. Oh, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah Dr. Cool. Eckert and his crew are going to be rolling in here after our show to get us fitted for that. We'll see if Ty's going to get one, too. Dr. You. You might need one for the batting cage when the Astros. Oh. oh. Are you threatening little, some chin music there, Ty? Wow. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be throwing, we're going to I mean, batting I, cage, you're throwing strikes. I told you I throw heat. I didn't say it was accurate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll wear my Brain Vault. And my helmet. Uh, Brain Vault is a revolutionary patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussions. And I say that, say that out loud. Proven to help reduce the risk of concussions. It absolutely does. As we've told you, Dr. Uh, Greg Eckert, who did my wonderful smile, is one of the best dentists in town. Uh, has been for 30 years, but his partner, Drew Pittman, has been an agent in the NFL for all this time. And over the last eight years, over 100 of his clients and players in the NFL have been wearing the Brain Vault technology, and they have reported zero concussions. Zero. Uh, So now they've created a retail version that your young athlete can be fitted for and wear uh, in their contact sports, whether it's football or lacrosse or soccer, uh, cheerleading. Has become very popular here. Uh, you ask, well, how does it work? It's more than just a mouth guard. It optimally aligns the lower jaw in a position that strengthens the neck muscles to minimize concussive forces. Aligning that lower jaw uh, in the right position uh, allows the, to the almost like shock absorbers for your for your head uh, to absorb that properly. Uh, it really does work. Check it out, BrainVault.com. That's BrainVault.com. It's time to play hard, but stay safe with BrainVault. Join the movement today, BrainVault.com. Uh, I'm excited about that, actually. It fitted for the brain vault? Yeah, man. I'm with it. Yeah, we should be able to t- t- uh, see how, how it works. I'm excited about that tomorrow. Hey, can we go behind the burn orange curtain real quick, talk some Let's Texas football one more time with Rod B. He's been doing the deep dive on the Houston Cougars, the matchup on Saturday. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, we've uh, broken down this Texas a U of H matchup in almost every way you can. Of course, we'll continue to review it uh, tomorrow. And don't forget about the pregame festivities. Uh, me, Ty Henderson, Patrick Davis of the Sports Complex. Uh, you catch five to seven weekdays right here on the Horn. Uh, we'll be at Doc's Backyard, one to three. Uh, getting you ready for Texas versus U of H. So we'll have your breakdown there. Uh, so if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, somewhere to hang out, a pregame for all the uh, festivities, you can do that at Doc's Backyard uh, uh, for Brody uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. Okay, that's, a, that's Saturday, by the way, just so you know. Okay, um, let's talk about the Texas offense a little bit because I, the only question really we have for the Texas offense going into the U of H game is the red zone. I mean, that's just – that's it. How's, how does Texas approach the red zone? Do they have uh, any new uh, ideas? Or is there some added wrinkles that Texas uh, uh, basically decides to deploy after the bye week uh, in the red zone to make them more effective? Right now, touchdown percentage in the red zone, they're at 123rd in the country. That's really the only – um, that's the only statistical area offensively where I think Texas is dreadfully bad. Everywhere else, they're actually elite and one of the best in the country. Uh, but that's that's a bad. That's a that's a <laughs> that's one of the worst areas to be that bad at. All right, to be that ineffective and that inefficient is in the red zone. And Sark wants to score more points. Pretty simple. You'll score more points if you cash in touchdowns in the red zone instead of field goals. Um, one of my suggestions was. 
that Sark go steal plays from the best red zone offenses uh, in the country in college football and the best red zone offenses in the NFL. Uh, I think Miami is the best place to start. The Miami Dolphins, who are setting a record right now, or on pace to set a record with an over an eighty percent touchdown rate in the red zone. Uh, right now, the the NFL average is fifty three percent touchdown rate in the red zone. They're at eighty percent, so you're down on a different level. So hopefully, Sark can steal some ideas from. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, because I know he likes that Shanahan coaching tree, and that's on the coaching tree. Uh, but one other idea that I want to throw out there, in addition to I think you'll see some personnel changes potentially uh, in the red zone, maybe different personnel groupings. He hints that maybe Savion Red could get some more short yardage usage. Uh, maybe short yardage is in the red zone. Maybe you kind of change your definition of short yardage. So Texas has been getting the ball on like the eight-yard line, like first and goal on like the eight yard line or the nine, which is a yeah, it's a long first and goal pretty much. Um, and maybe they start looking at some more power packages. And Sark did hint that Savion Red has a niche in short yardage. He didn't say Red Cat, what I've called the Wildcat with Savion Red in it. Uh, he didn't say that. He said short yardage. So maybe personnel uh, changes will also add some juice to the red zone offense as well. Okay, so but this is something I've been doing deep dive on. So I, I look at personnel groupings and I break them down based on effectiveness, uh, yards per play, uh, efficiency, try to isolate uh, different uh, subsets of personnel groupings and formations, try to see which one of those analytically all right, is more effective than any other, which ones are least effective, that kind of thing. And I've been looking at this six offensive line package, and I've basically decided based on my data, Sark needs to play more of the what they call the Big 11, Big 12 package. That's when Malik Ogbo is the extra offensive lineman on the field. And in conference play, so we're talking about just the three games you've had in conference play, when you have a sixth offensive lineman on the field, uh, you're averaging over eight yards per play, over 12 yards per attempt, and, and damn near seven yards per rush. So I, I haven't necessarily... Um, isolate that specifically to red zone because that's different monster altogether, right? Red zone is, is different. So I haven't necessarily looked at I'm probably going to do that tonight. Probably see if I can isolate. I'll probably go back and try to watch every red zone offensive play this season, um, which Sark said he did. He probably should have went back and watched all of his red zone plays, even from 21 and 22, because I think there could be some uh, remnants of some of his play calling philosophy from the Bijan and Rojo days affecting his red zone play calling this season. Because last season, it was pretty obvious in the red zone, you had the easiest solution put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. Not necessarily the case this year, even though you got a good running back in Jonathan Brooks, he's not the same in the red zone as a Bijan and a Rojo in the red zone, even though he's playing at a much elite level. And maybe Sark decides to turn him into that, uh, deploy him as a red zone weapon because he's been so effective uh, in between the 20s running the football. But I think what Sark, I think Sark's a little mixed up about what he wants to be in the red zone. The red zone is about your identity. It's not about becoming what your identity is and, all, and, and essentially doubling down on that in the red zone. And even though Sark's offense right now with Texas is a prolific one, a very talented one. I mean, one of the most talented teams in the country offensively. I'm not sure they have a concrete identity offensively. And honestly, Jonathan Brooks is a big part of why they don't because I think his ascent <laughs> has really shifted the the mindset and the philosophy a little bit for Sark because I don't know if he he assumed that and I know he didn't because he didn't even start the first two games assumed that Jonathan Brooks would be the best running back in the country right now or the most productive running back in the country 
And that's that's not a bad thing. This is a first world problem. I, that that has shifted the uh, and distorted the identity of the offense just a little bit. And I'm I, and I think in the red zone, Sark's not sure what the identity is. Do they want to be a passing football team? Do they want to go jumbo and shove it down your throat and play bully ball like they tried to do against Oklahoma? What do they want to be in the red zone? Is it based on the matchup week to week, based on their weakness and your strength? Or are you going to be malleable like that? Or are you just going to decide, no, this is who we are, and we are really good at this. This is our identity. We hang our hat on this, and we dare you to stop us, be effective enough to stop us. We, I don't think he's decided really what he wants to be. I think the 6 line package could help him. It gives him enough girth and size on the line of scrimmage to play bully ball if he wants to, but then you can still take defenders out of the box and spread them out with that 6-0 line package. You'll still, if you go Big 11, you'll have three receivers in there. If you go Big 12, you'll have JT Sanders and two other receivers, usually A.D. Mitchell and X-Men in there. And keep in mind, Sark's offense is one of the most condensed, compressed offenses in college football. Top 10, actually, among, if you look at formational width, and this is in yards. Formational width, he's top 10 most compressed, condensed sets in college football. Sometimes in the red zone, that may hurt you. You may want to spread things out a little bit more and get guys, get defenders out of the box. And I think the 6-0 line package would allow you to keep the power philosophy of the bully ball down there, which he wants to do, big humans, right, and push push teams around, but also still be able to add the RPO element and the RPO tags and spread teams out a little bit more so that they cannot overload the box. And you can still have some of those isolated one-on-one matchups on the outside with still being able to win the numbers and the girth advantage on the inside. So considering how effective the 6-0 line package has been, E, I would throw that out there in the red zone more and see if it helps you too. Been really good. And I want more Jatavion Sanders in the red zone. Give me the big body. Give me the big hands. Best catch, best hands on the team. Um, make him Travis Kelsey. If you want to steal plays, steal the Chiefs and how they use Travis Kelsey in the red zone area. Agreed. Uh, go back and watch all those films because he could run similar routes and um, get him freed up. Uh, I don't think anybody can cover him. They tried it in, in Oklahoma game, remember? Yeah. That was him. Yeah. And, they, and, and Oklahoma well, was ready for it. They were ready for and it. The throw was a little high, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was a you know, good play by the what Peyton Bowen made another yeah, big play. hit. He had a big, big game in that yes, game. He did. Yes, he did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to see him off the goal line or in the red zone in motion. Uh, move, get him in motion, get him moving, uh, get him spread out a little bit. That's what they do with Travis Kelsey, right? He's going all over the place. Uh, I would like to see more of that. If JT's healthy, that may start this weekend. Uh, we'll get an update from Sark today, by the way, 11 o'clock, right at the top of the hour. He'll do his weekly Zoom, so we'll have all that audio for tomorrow's show uh, to get an update on the injuries, um, where they stand, what the game plan looks like, and uh, a final scout report on Houston. That'll be today with Coach Sark yes, at 11 o'clock. Coming back, we'll hit some what's popping, getting you ready for a doubleheader of LCS baseball today and tonight. The NFL game, the Week 7 kicks off tonight in New Orleans. Details coming, plus Ty will have his Sex Panther pick of the night. It's Hook'em Up. Real Texans are genius. Bud Light salutes you, overly dedicated Texas Longhorn fan. Hook'em! You show up to every UT football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, and ball-related sport there is. Ping-pong! Each game, you slather your entire body in burnt orange. Every nook and cranny. Yes, you're brewed in Texas, and so is your Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. Texas edition Bud Light beer cans. Anheuser-Busch, Houston, Texas. When your money's on the line, put it on the line with MyBookie, a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance at a big payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register 
for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's the promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Have you ever heard of 38,000 plus odds on the 49ers and Chiefs? You won't find odds like that anywhere else like MyBookie. You can bet anything, you can bet anytime, and you can bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends at MyBookie, you're betting with the best. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like stocking. The pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you use promo code HORN. Always popping on Hook 'em Up. That's right. Our final segment of the fabulous fifth quarter is What's Popping? What's coming up today and tonight? Rod's going to be watching deep dive game film on bunch formations and girth. <laughs> uh, I know that's girth coming. of the the size of the offensive line, not naked attraction, right? Oh, girth on naked, nice girl. No, 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 not not that. No, not looking for that. No taking notes on that. But I am going to watch naked attraction at one point. I mean, it's need blowing that. up. Need that. Uh, <laughs> also, Ty will have a Sex Panther pick. We got a lot to choose from. You got a doubleheader of baseball. This is uh, it, it won't be in raucous Philadelphia, but it'll be out in the desert. That'll be a good crowd at Chase Field. That'll be the Diamondbacks looking to. Kind of do like the Astros did and kind of get themselves back into this series because they've been dominated so far by the Phillies in Philadelphia. Uh, so that game is this afternoon, uh, I think uh, about 3 o'clock, 3.07 our time. Um, actually, earlier than that, 4.07, I believe, is what we're going with. Okay. Um, let me make sure I get this right. Let me. My phone, my cool phone app, always has the right times. It does. Yeah, because it, it actually changes it for you. It you does. Know, on the website, sometimes they don't, they don't change it from Eastern. I think to I'm getting Central. Vegas time there. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes, yeah, some some uh, websites are on West Coast. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm with you. Uh, 407 and 703. There, there you go. go. 407 this afternoon fills D backs. That will probably leak into the start of the Astros Rangers game. Uh, so you got a doubleheader there. That'll be fun. You can't wait, um, baby. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. And the uh, Andrew Heaney on the mound for the, um, for the Rangers. Let's light this dude up. Man, Astros batting averages. Career batting averages. You're not feeling confident in there, Ty. I can feel it. <laughs> Career batting averages for Astros. You're not feeling your guy Heaney. Andrew Heaney. Pena, 429. Dubon, 333. Altuve, 324. Bregman, 314. Alvarez, 286. Uh, as well as McCormick. Abreu, 263. And Brantley, 250. Because he was on the Yankees. I, I just I'm just throwing the numbers out there. I'm numbers. exuding confidence right now. I, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling hey. it. Ooh, you know, they, he, he was in. A, he, here's the question with Andrew. They Heaney. tied up two two. They traded for him in the off season, <laughs> and really to be an innings eater, right? They were going to have Degrom and Shirt. When you know Degrom, and they knew what the top of the rotation was going to be. Evaldi, you know, in baseball to, to get through the rigors of a of a long season, Rod, you need guys who can yeah, just bodies, arms, eat up, arms, eat up yeah. innings. You, yeah. And he's that, right? He's a career 40, 500 pitcher, career ERA of almost you know four and a half. Uh, so this, and he's not a power arm, and uh, but neither is you know I would call him a crafty lefty. The Astros go with Jose Urquidy, who's kind of a crafty righty. The difference is Jose Urquidy has postseason experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's made big postseason oh, starts, yeah. World Series, LCSs. Um, you know he's probably the least known of the Astros pitchers, but boy has he been a really good player. Uh, in their biggest runs here. So uh, Astros have to feel pretty confident. They also have to feel confident that uh, 
they like that ballpark. You know, they're seven and one this year in the Gilf. Seven and one. Six of the last seven. Yeah, we, we, if we play Dusty Baker one more time, we was asked after the game last night why you guys are so good at Two home and or so bad at home and so good on the road. Dusty Baker with a pretty simplistic <laughs> reason. This is a classic glib Dusty Baker. Oh, we don't have that. Yeah, we will. Though. Dusty, we got old DB. Wait for it. I asked the team in spring training to be the best road team. Maybe I should have asked them to be the best road and home. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Skip. They've won 17 of the last 20 road games. Yeah. Remember they, they remember at home during the month of September, you heard me cussing on this show because they were they got swept by the Royals. They got swept by the A's. And you're like, what are y'all? And then they would go out on the road and beat everybody. Uh, so it, that's where the, I don't, it's, it's in, unexplainable, but uh, they've been better at home. Now the Rangers, they absolutely can bounce back here. They need to get Marcus Simeon going. I think that would be the one thing if you're a Ranger fan you're looking for because Simeon's at the top of their order. He's one of the best players in baseball, but he's batting like 160 in this series. The Astros are doing a good job against him. Uh, Rangers need to get him going at the top of the order. He's their version of Altuve, uh, you know, head of Seager and all the rest mm-hmm. of that lumber. So, uh, you know, no secrets between these two teams. Everybody knows everybody very well. They play all the time. They're in the same division. So at this point it's about execution and uh, who can rise up uh, in this game tonight. So two games, Phils, Diamondbacks, Astros, Rangers. Also college football tonight, Rod, you got James Madison, okay. the undefeated JMU mm. at Marshall to play the Thundering Herd. Four and two. That should be a decent that little game. Be, I was say, that might be competitive. That's be an ESPN good. ball Four game. Four and two versus six and zero. Oh, yeah. And then two, three, and three seems Rice and Tulsa. Rice and Tulsa. Oh, Rice. Interesting. Rice started out pretty hot. Remember yeah, they? Because they beat U of H. Didn't they? they beat U of H. Yeah, they beat U of H. They in the H. That's big in H town for y'all. Don't know Rice. When we talk about the parts of Houston. Rice is over there near the richest parts of Houston. West U. U of H is out there in Third Ward. Rice is never supposed to play with U of H. Ever. Well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> right? The academic standards to get into Rice are so strict that they they know that they have a ceiling in recruiting. They can only recruit certain types of you know, academic uh, exceptions. And, man, that, that's not supposed to happen. So that's why Dana Hoax, and that's another reason why he's on the hot seat too, guys. He lost to Rice in H-Town. That Hail Mary might have saved his job. Last, I mean, yeah. Tillman Fertitta is the sugar daddy of that program, and he is not happy right now. No, you can't lose to Rice. Can't lose to Rice, bro. West Virginia, the team you left, can't all of a sudden be better than you, <laughs> which they were. And yeah. now here comes Texas as a twenty-three Ooh. point favorite. Yeah, uh, this team has not been ready for the Big Twelve yet, and uh, lines of scrimmage are their biggest problem. I think that's kind of the case for all these teams that have joined the Big Twelve, Rod. You're not you're right about that. I agree with you because and. and which is why Texas is trying to upgrade their lines of scrimmage before they move on to the Southeastern Conference, right? Oh, you and too. They're well on their way to that. Oakland, Houston, and Cincinnati. Um, you know, BYU. This has not gone well for the new schools. Uh, the new schools so far are, I think, two and eight, two and ten Ooh. in the Big Twelve play so far. Yeah, Brad Yarmuk's not happy about that. Central Florida will play Houston. I mean, Central Florida will play uh, Oklahoma Rod on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma. It will say Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to pulverize UCF. Will cover. But it's the line. What's the line? 19 and a half. No, I don't know about that. Also tonight, Jacksonville hooking it up with the New England with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Dude, New Orleans Saints. Have you had the injuries for the Saints? Starting tackles, James Hurst and Ryan Ramzik, both ruled out. Andres Pete is going to replace Hurst, and Cam Irving will be elevated from the practice squad to play right tackle. And the number one pick, Trevor Penning, not starting. How yeah. the hell does your number I, one pick don't start? Crazy. Who you got tonight there, Ty? Do you have a pick, the Sex Panther pick of the night? Give me the Saints at home. 
I don't care about entries. Let's go. <laughs> I don't care about yeah, their offensive line, against Houston last weekend, their, their offensive line's a wreck right now. And I'm going to take Corey Seager to hit a home run tonight with a Rangers win. There you mm, go. It's not bad. But yeah, Astros are going to win. Go Astros! Go Jersey! There you go, Ron. Back at it. This says the data doesn't matter to E unless it favors the Astros. <laughs> True that. Damn right. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, it was just the data. Jose Arquiti's got a lot of postseason success. Andrew Heaney does not. That was all I said. Facts don't lie. Facts. All right, go Stros. Hey, uh, Astros Rangers, we'll be talking about it tomorrow. Obviously, all the yes, uh, action this evening, college and pro football, high school football tonight as well. Uh, thank you to Coach Drew Sanders. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, 6 a.m. Every Hour podcast if you missed it at hornfm.com. Have a great night.